Are you ready for our countdown? I am. <laughs> Three. Three. Two. two one. Fancy. Blind. Okay. I closed my eyes and I thought blind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That works. I was going to try to let the first word come to my mind naturally. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I realized I couldn't see. So blind. That's fair. I just had fancy tea, so my brain said, we fancy. I like that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a good thing this is a visual art and audio. <laughs> it's a good thing this is a visual art, yeah. This is a visual Never experience. Mind. Never mind. <laughs> Hi there. Welcome to Cream and Sugar. Hey, Julia. Hey, Allie. Did you know that three out of the last six U.S. presidents are or were lefties? Like, left-handed? Yeah, but it's a left tea pun. <laughs> so here's what happened. I forgot to look up a joke until about 10 minutes ago. Uh-huh. And I was just looking up tea puns because there's not a good one for our topic today necessarily. Okay. And it said like that many of the presidents were left teas. And I Googled them like, wait, they were left. Ha- there were three left handed presidents out of the last six. Yes. Oh, oh, I was thinking half of the presidents were left handed. And I was very confused. Oh, no, no. Just the last six. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it was. um. George H. W., mm-hmm. Bill Clinton, and Barack Obama. Huh. Mm-hmm. The more you know. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to talk about Darjeeling today. <laughs> and then the music. So we're going to talk about the music. Now let's analyze what I just said. Okay. So you actually went. So you just maintained most of the notes, which doesn't have a lot of variety, but maybe that was saying that music doesn't have to change for it to be amazing. Don't change. I like you just the way you are. There you go. That's what that's, that's how I interpret that. Um. So anyway, we are going to be discussing Darjeeling tea today. Yay. But before we get into that, how you brewing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am brewing. I'm, I'm a little mixed right now. Okay. Okay. So before we get into the weird, um, I was going to say that I've had a really rough time at work. Hmm. Um, a lot of my tests have been failing. Which is obnoxious (laughs) because I'm just struggling with something that I can't control. And that's that's like the worst feeling ever Mm -hmm. where you know that what you're doing isn't wrong, but it really feels like it is. Yeah. So I've been dealing with that for like the past two weeks. Um, uh, On a happier note, this weekend, uh, including when we're recording this, this current weekend, um, was the Flower Town Festival, and we went and pranced around Flower Town, Yay. and it was a lot of fun, and I got a little sunburn on my shoulders. Nice. It's a good day when you get a little sunburn on your shoulders. Yeah. And I, um, back to work, I had mentioned it to my coworkers. I was like, oh my gosh, who's going to Flower Town Festival? And one coworker was like, I am not going to that festival. I don't do crowds. I'm not going. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. I heard it was kind of small, but all right, well, maybe you just really don't like people, which Mm -hmm. is fine. You don't have to be a people person. And 
when we got there, uh, my other coworker who did want to go with us said, hey, look back. And we're at the top of this hill and you just see a mass of people in the streets. I'm oh. like, oh, that's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like starting to panic a little bit. So, um, yeah, that was a bigger event than I thought it would be. Oh. <laughs> but we had a ton of fun and I got a bunch of T-shirts, including the B shirt from our last episode. Mm-hmm. Um and another one that says, I'm not a hugger with a cactus. <laughs> Which I've been told is the most you but not you shirt. All right. <laughs> because you you are huggy. Mm-hmm. Just not <laughs> and cactusy, just but you're you're a hugger. Uh-huh. So it was just kind of funny. <laughs> uh and a new mug. Ooh. We'll um, include a picture of the mug, I'm assuming. Yes, it's a uh, handcrafted mug. With mm-hmm. a little frog on it. Ooh. It's very cute. <laughs> Highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a website, I think. I'll post her link. Um, however, uh, while we were on our break in between recording, um, I was making my sandwich and Mike was uh, recording and the cat was standing on the counter next to me uh-huh. and I heard the door handle jiggle. And oh. I was like... Uh, maybe it was Mike. Uh-huh. So I went into Mike. I opened the I went opened the door. I said, "Hey, did you just wiggle the door handle at all?" He goes, "No, I haven't gotten up." Uh-huh. I said, "I distinctly heard the door go jiggle, jiggle, and I imitate. I showed him what it sounds like." Yeah, and he said, "Well, maybe it was the cat." I said, "No, the cat was standing next to me on the counter." He goes, mm. well, "I don't know." Then I said, well, "It's a good thing our door was locked because I think someone just tried to open it." Yeah. So um, I'm a little freaked out. So that was fun. That's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> you have the baseball bat next to you? Yeah, it's by my it's by our bedroom door. So it's like right okay. there. And you can kind of see the door from where you're sitting right now, right? Oh, I can absolutely see the door from where I'm sitting right now. And yeah. this microphone stand is heavy. <laughs> <laughs> we picking so, a fight today? <laughs> I guess. I guess we're picking a fight and you're going to be my witness. Okay. I could do that. <laughs> So I'm brewing just okay. Okay. I'm sorry you I'm sorry you had a stressful experience of the 10 minutes that we were apart. It's okay. This is why I need you at all times. Mm-hmm. I am here to provide safety and motivation to fight people. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So how are you brewing? <laughs> um, so I'm brewing kind of the opposite mm-hmm. because the first thing I had on my notes to mention is that uh, as of tomorrow, I think, is when it goes into effect, I got a promotion. Yay! I'm so excited. It's going to be... I'm so excited for you. It's a whole new job. Like, Uh we're making it... Me and my boss are making it together. And I basically get to pick which parts of a bunch of different aspects of the business that I enjoy doing, including, Uh like, big ideas planning. And then all of the other stuff we're going to put into another job description to hire somebody... And I'm going to be the manager for that somebody. That's so really exciting. I'm super excited for that. I'm and really proud that not only have you managed to get a whole new position that's going to be better for you, mm-hmm. but that you're also going to be taking on less responsibilities than you're currently taking on, which is going to help your mental health, I think, a lot. Yes, I think it'll <laughs> I think it'll be a lot better than where I have been the past couple weeks. So. Uh-huh. I'm very excited. It also came with a lovely raise, and I am officially a an exempt employee, what which does means that I'm mean? on salary. Oh, 
Wow. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Look so, at you doing adult things. I'm super pumped. I'm so proud of you. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I really am. Thank you. I'm like, I've just been like celebrating all weekend, which means I also went shopping yesterday yeah. with my mom. Um, because we kept walking around and like I would debate buying something. I'll be like, well, since I'm rich now. <laughs> <laughs> since I'm rich now. I haven't gotten any of those paychecks, but since I'm rich now. That's um, so funny. So I bought my first in a while adult purse, which is, it is it's only like it's Nine cute. West, which I, I really like the Nine West brand. I don't know where mm-hmm. they rank as opposed to all purse brands, but mm-hmm. got it at Ross. So it was like a decent price and it is sage green and I love it very much. It's beautiful. That is a that is an adult purse. Mm-hmm. And it came with a matching head scarf thing. So that's really cute. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's really funny that on the very same day, unintentionally, you and I managed to both buy adult purses. Mm-hmm. So I will also <laughs> post a picture of my new purse. It's black with like an outside zipper and almost like a straw bottom. But the straw bottoms only for like decoration on the front. Mm. The back doesn't have it, and it's all vegan leather, Ooh. so I, it makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't killed it anything for it, um, and it looks like a grown-up would have it, which mm-hmm. I don't consider myself, So, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I might not have that fancy-schmancy job title, but now I've got a mm-hmm. fancy-schmancy purse, yeah. and that makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> if, you just, if you just live the life you want to have, that life will just happen. Yeah, that's what I've been told. I mean, that's honestly the best advice. Mm -hmm. When you want things and you envision it, it just kind of happens. Yeah. It's how I've moved seven times. Just demand it. Yeah, I just say, all right, time to go. And I go. That's Mm -hmm. it. Um, I also wanted to give a quick update on my reading goal progress. Uh huh. I have currently read 16 books so far this year. Dang. So according to Storygraph, I am ahead by three books. But it also tells you the pages. So I have read 2,600 pages so far this year. I'm I very proud of that. I think I have only read like six. That's still really good, though. <laughs> I had one year where my goal was to read a book a month, and I didn't meet that goal. So I'm just comparing everything to that. Uh-huh. And you're ahead. I'm really proud of you. That's really awesome. Have I mentioned what my reward to you is on the podcast of what happens when you reach your goal? Yes. I think we established it on the podcast. Okay. Well, I'm still sticking to it. What is your number goal? 50. Okay. That's what I thought. Yep. Yep. So I will post a picture of the bookmark just because it's satisfying to see it all. But the bookmark only has 25 spots on it. So the bookmark marks halfway. Okay. But I the most recent book I read is Among Us: A Traitor in Space by Laura <laughs> Riviere. Who it's an unofficial adventure, but it was surprisingly very good. But my favorite my favorite little bit is this is his first mission. What if he's a member of a terrorist organization and joined this crew for the sole purpose of sabotaging the mission from within? What if he's an imposter, an imposter among us? <laughs> I read that in Barnes and Noble, and my brother went, "You have to buy it," so I did. <laughs> because he said you have to buy it yeah yeah it's 15 dollars. wasn't like terrible it's a bit much than what i usually spend on books but totally worth it i think so i think that's a great find mm-hmm. if anything your bookshelf is going to be very unique it also has like illustrated pages in it really yeah let me find a good one like full page 
illustrations. That's actually really nice. Yeah, it's a, it's a good book. Is this set on the first stage in Among Us? Mm-hmm. It is set okay. in Skeld. But they reference, which is the, the little ship that is basically a sideways figure eight. Uh-huh. Um, and they talk about, like, where everything's located. They talk about different tasks and, like, God, I hate cleaning the leaves out of these air filters and stuff <laughs> like that. It's real good. And like, We need to have another Among Us night. It's written like a, as a story, though. So, like, the doors lock at one point and the narrator completely panics. Like, as you would if you were in a room and all of the doors lock on a spaceship. Oh, my God. Like, it's so good. Like, you know, you they play would the have pressed sabotage. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of things get sabotaged. Oh, my gosh. And it's just like, uh, it's just good. It's quality. That sounds really good. I might have to borrow that from you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I have a quick fire question for you. Okay. And it is relevant. Okay. When the episode is coming out and to the actual content. But- oh, my God. I forgot to say happy birthday on the last episode. Oh. <laughs> it's all good you get to say happy birthday to me in person on my birthday so i know but like episode birthday (laughs) we need to mention last episode was Allie's birthday Mm -hmm. so happy birthday um congratulations you've made it thank you (laughs) all the way around the sun again officially oh it's my golden birthday by the way oh my god it is we have to do something special I, my, I, uh, we're going to a tea party. That's true. Not okay. on my birthday, but we're, yeah. I think that's pretty darn special. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Any hoodle. Any <laughs> What is the quick party question? Um, what is your favorite thing about spring? Oh, I actually have an answer for this. Okay. Okay, so my favorite thing about spring is when the trees start growing new leaves and everything slowly starts turning more and more green. Mm-hmm. That is my absolute favorite thing, other than the fact that the frogs are back. <laughs> I love the night frogs, especially mm-hmm. when it's raining. And around here we have uh, gray and green tree frogs, and they kind of like scream, mm-hmm. but in the most charming kind of way. They just go, <laughs> <It's> so cute. <laughs> They just get so happy about the rain mm-hmm. and it all comes in spring, especially like March and April. Yeah. And it, it starts getting warm and I'm outside more and my happy little plant self is growing again. So <laughs> th- those are just a few of my favorite things about spring. <laughs> we should sing it in the in the Sound of Music song style. I actually don't know that. The... These oh, are these are a few. Of them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, is there a song about spring? No. I haven't seen all of Sound of Music. I haven't either, but I know the song. Okay. I had to so. sing it for choir. Ah. It was a lovely. Christmas song for some reason. Yeah, apparently. Maybe if we watch Sound of Music, we'd know why. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your favorite thing about spring? Um, I think, well, one, Chadwick has officially brought in his first frog of the spring. Oh, so I will include the picture of that because I had to. <laughs> he he holds it so gently, like his mouth is slightly open. I can't get a picture of that because I'm too busy trying to get the frog away from him. <laughs> but he brings it in and he drops it on the ground. And I think he just wants to keep it as a pet because he uh-huh. doesn't ever try to eat it or hurt it. He just wants to like play with it and keep it. That's um, adorable. And he came in around the corner. He comes barreling in because he's trying to run past me with this little frog leg hanging out of his mouth because the frog has kicked through his, like, where the gap in his teeth is. The frog is, like, kicking, trying to get out. 
And I'm like, Chadwick, put the frog down. And he just goes around the frog in his mouth. <laughs> so I finally got the frog. There's a picture of it when it landed on my arm because it was so sticky. It was a green oh. tree frog. And then I put it outside. Frog is oh. okay. Frog is Yay, safe. Yay, you say frog. There was no damage to frog. Um, but my my most favorite thing about spring is the weather change because coming from winter when it's like randomly very cold you know even here like it's not super super cold but to just have consistent days in like the 60s and 70s is my favorite part of the year yeah Mm -hmm. um i think i told you this but toulouse made his first non-insect kill (laughs) oh i don't remember which is difficult because he is an indoor cat Mm -hmm. so i guess it came in through our porch which Mm -hmm. is screened by the way so mm-hmm. just kind of funny how it got in. Um, so after we came back from girls weekend, I had set my bag down in the R room mm-hmm. and I didn't get back to it, to unpacking it until about a day later. Um, and during that time, I think we were gone all day and we left mm-hmm. the porch door open. So sometime between these two days, I lift up my bag and there is a very dead lizard underneath of it. Oh. His tail is gone and he (laughs) is stuck to my carpet. Oh, gross. (laughs) It's so bad. Thanks, Toulouse. I was like, babe. (laughs) He was like, what? And I was like, there's a dead lizard. And he said, where? <laughs> like in here. I'm like sitting on the floor crying. Oh. So Toulouse made his first kill. He delivered a welcome home present. Yeah. So um yeah, lizard in our room, and uh we've decided that we're not leaving the cat on the porch for extended amounts of time. Even though he can't get out, he can bring things in. Mm. This is the That's second fair. time he's brought in a lizard. This mm. time Mike was not there to save the lizard. <laughs> I uh I leave my porch door open all day but only if I'm home. Yeah. Because Chadwick has started trying to chomp my monstera. <laughs> I don't know if I told you about this. No. But it was in my dining room for the winter so it didn't die. Mm-hmm. And it had gotten infected with uh, I forget what they're called, little like bugs that I'm taking care of and I got cleaned off again. Mm-hmm. But they caused the plant to droop because I took too long when I was traveling so much in February. So Chadwick took that as an opportunity to chomp on a monstera leaf, which is not toxic to cats, but it's not great for them either. Yeah. So he only had like maybe a centimeter by centimeter space of leaf in his mouth and I couldn't get it out and he swallowed it. I'm like, okay, whatever. You get diarrhea. You get diarrhea. About half an hour later, he comes in from the porch and he's just like, oh, no, he was and i'm like is your tummy upset baby and he goes running down the hallway because he likes to puke at the back end of the condo for some reason so he coughed up um (laughs) a little spot and i looked down and it's just a bunch of spittle and a green piece of leaf and i went yeah look at that the consequences to your actions (laughs) toulouse does that when he eats my daisies which are extremely toxic to cats (laughs) Uh, I now keep them in a place where it's not even possible for him to reach. There's mm-hmm. a lot of places where I think he can reach. And this is not one where he could even think about reaching mm-hmm. um, because he keeps throwing it up. <laughs> oh, I didn't even tell the other cat story because what? that happened since since we recorded last okay. that I on Wednesdays, I tend to have longer days. So I was gone from the morning until about 10 o'clock at night. 
Uh-huh. And I come home and I look over into my kitchen and my freezer door is wide open. <laughs> I don't like this story. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, great. So I walk over. Um, I had two pints of ice cream. They are completely liquefied. I have uh, chicken breast and pork chops, which they are still at refrigeration temperature. So those were still usable. Okay. Um, my steamable broccoli, I had to refreeze. And we're just going to hope that works when I come back down to it. Ooh. My croissant dough thawed oh. out. So I froze that again because you can refreeze that however many times you need to. Okay. Um, so, yeah, apparently the freezer had been open for a good portion of the day. Because a certain someone decided to jump up onto the counter and on top of the fridge and stepped wrong and pushed the freezer open. So there's now a child lock on my freezer. <laughs> so that, that how, does not happen again. How inconvenient is it now to get into your fr- freezer? Not super. It's basically just like you push the clip on the right side right by the handle. So closing it is more of a pain because it's it's basically on a rubber strap. So you have to like buckle it like a seatbelt. You can't just push the freezer closed. Because it also, the buckle wraps around, so it goes into the door. So if you don't do it on purpose, the freezer won't close because it hits the buckle. That's kind of inconvenient. Yeah. So That sucks. I'm waiting for somebody to come over and ask why I child locked the top half of my fridge. (laughs) You know, that is very unique. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, whatever. Um, So anyway, that's all my cat stories. Thank you for coming to my itty bitty kitty committee talk. <laughs> and my itty bitty kitty committee. <laughs> On a side note, during uh-huh. right before Flower Town is the annual Charleston Bridge Run, which is a 10K. Mm-hmm. Um my manager asked if I was gonna do it, and I said, haha, no. And I felt guilty mm-hmm. ever since. And Why? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that morning I woke up at like 7:30. I was like, I'm gonna go run before we go to Flower Town. So I feel bad. So I tried to run my usual two miles and I made it maybe a mile. <laughs> Turns it's, out I'm not very good at running anymore. I don't like running at all. So you're ahead of me. I'm a little sore today. That's fair. It's almost yeah. like you ran a mile and then walked around for most of the day. <laughs> like another 10. Yeah. Yeah. It was a long day. Mm-hmm. So how oh. about Darjeeling? So Darjeeling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to jump right on into it. Okay. So what is Darjeeling? Um, tea. Correct. Cool. And it is from Camellia sinensis. So of it course. is like tea tea. Yay. Um, tea tea. But Darjeeling comes from very specific circumstances and a very specific process. Okay. So it's named after where it's from, which is the Darjeeling district in West Bengal, India. Cool. The, so the region itself is located in the northeast corner of India, Kind of around like Nepal kind of area. Mm-hmm. And it is extremely small. It is 288 square miles. For reference, Rhode Island is 1,212 square miles. My gosh. Yes. And the Ori County is bigger than Rhode Island. <laughs> so like Darjeeling is, a, is very small. <laughs> Real small. Um, it is also known as the Champagne of Teas. Which made me almost laugh when you called one of the honeys the champagne of honey. That's I think funny. It was we, that we just had two champagne of <laughs> stuff today. Champagnes of things. Um, it's also known as the darling of Indian teas. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And I really liked uh, part of my research came from the Tea Board of India, which is like 
I'll get into the history of that a little bit later. But they said, the earth sings for you in Darjeeling. What? Like the earth, the earth singing takes the form of Darjeeling. Oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. That's very kind. So Darjeeling itself uh, is made from the Chinese variety of Camellia sinensis. Please see previous conversations about Camellia sinensis being stolen from China. (laughs) (laughs) It happens a lot, apparently. Um, Well, if they wouldn't hide things, we wouldn't have this issue. It'd be fine. All all tea leaves for Darjeeling are harvested by hand. It's grown at high altitudes of 600 to 2,000 meters above sea level. And that is an official designation from the Tea Board India because they define, like, what is Darjeeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and timing is everything. How so, is this not really expensive? We'll get to that. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so... um. Darjeeling is usually harvested about three times a year and Mm -hmm. it's timed based on weather conditions, not necessarily just like, you know, dates or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So uh, the spruce eats says the tea plant, like most plants, goes through periods of growth and periods of dormancy. Each flush is a period that starts when the tea plant grows new leaves and ends when those leaves are harvested. So there are three flushes in which the tea leaves are harvested. Why are they called flushes? Because they just are. Okay. <laughs> I think flush is a word that can be used to describe like flowering. I'm oh. pretty sure. I haven't actually heard that before. That's cool. We're going to Google. Flush watering a plant is the process of soaking the soil multiple times and allowing it to completely drain between soaks, <laughs> which is from the livelyroot.com, which actually makes a lot of sense because um, the three major flushes are about mid-March to May. So that's when this episode is coming out. We're in first <laughs> flush. The second one is June to mid-August, and then the last one is October to November, which tend to be very wet seasons. Mm. Not quite like full-on monsoon because it's a little too destructive, but very wet seasons. So how does it completely drain if it's already super saturated? Because it's on very high altitudes. That's a good point. Gravity. <laughs> um, there I are understand also... the gravity of the situation. Huh? Huh? I understand that the gravity falls. <laughs> yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> so uh, those are the three major. There's also two minor flushes in between. So there's about two weeks between May and June. And then there's also another period during monsoon season in September. Interesting. So there's a three major that's like quality Darjeeling. And then there's the other two. Okay. Each flush yields a different flavor. So, first flush, mid-March to May, uh, tends to be light and clear. It gives a very flowery scent, which is bright and distinct, and it's generally the most expensive. Ah. Mm -hmm. Then the second flush, that's the June to Mm mid-August. That tends to be a dark amber color with a stronger flavor. Uh, The leaves themselves are actually almost like purple, and they're very fruity. Uh, And it's comparable to a muscatel grape oh mm-hmm. interesting and then the third flush uh, is very dark and coppery the leaves tend to be a lot bigger and that is going to be the cheapest of the three flushes is that what we're drinking we'll come back to that okay <laughs> so <laughs> the in-between flush in the spring uh 
is sen- tends to be similar to the first flush, but it's just a, lo- a lower quality, and mm-hmm. they really don't export that one as much. And then the monsoon season flush is more oxidized and much cheaper, and that's commonly used in like chais and that sort of thing, but it's also not exported too much. Mm-hmm. It's more of what you use for like when you get more creative with your black tea and not just enjoying it for what it is. Um, you can also make different types of tea with Darjeeling. Really? You can process the leaves to be green tea, oolong, or black tea. Or I guess technically white tea. How? By controlling the oxidation. When you, It depends on... Um, I'd like to refer you to our tea 101 episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it depends on that oxidation of if you crush it and beat it up like before or after you process it and how green the tea leaves themselves stay. That's really interesting. I've never thought huh mm-hmm. it's breaking the system a little bit <laughs> it's there's a type of tea based on like the plant and the conditions that it's harvested in and mm-hmm. then there are tea types of how do you process the leaves once you have harvested them okay yeah there's a lot of ifs and thens sort of things is this one of those situations where it's called the champagne of teas because it has to be made in this specific area at this specific altitude otherwise it's just sparkling tea correct <laughs> so so you can make this and it can be considered darjeeling at any of these tea levels mm-hmm. given that it is made in this specific location right that's so cool so on a similar note Teasource.com says that there are about 11,000 tons of Darjeeling that are produced annually from the Darjeeling region. There are 40,000 tons sold around the world. What? Mm Mm-hmm. That means close to about 29,000 tons of Darjeeling is probably counterfeit. Aww. And here comes the Tea Board of India. Oh, no. So... The Tea Board of India was established uh, by the Tea Act in 1953, and this is a quote from their website. All teas produced in the tea-growing areas of India, including Darjeeling, are administered by the Tea Board India under the Tea Act of 1953. Since its establishment, the Tea Board has had sole control over the growing and exporting of Darjeeling tea, and it is this which has given rise to the reputation enjoyed by Darjeeling tea. So if you go to the Tea Board's official website, and I just searched for Darjeeling, um, on the left side there, you'll see products. It's scrolling through some logos, and there's a green one. It's a profile of a woman holding tea leaves, and it says Darjeeling. It's a little circular logo. From my understanding, if it doesn't have that on it, it's not Darjeeling. Oh. Twinings, the brand that we are drinking did not have that on the box, which is why I asked you to bring the box. So you could look at it. Oh, uh-huh. man. So I can't say for sure because I could be wrong because it's a little complicated. Uh-huh. But I'm like 80% sure that this is not technically Darjeeling. Okay, hold on. Let me get the box again. Okay. Okay, so I have a question. Okay. Where would this logo be? That it doesn't specify. So here's okay. what the T-Board India says while you're looking. Okay. It is kosher. Yes. (laughs) The use of the Darjeeling word and logo are protected as geographical indications in India and as certification trademarks in UK, US, and India. 
use of the Darjeeling word and logo are protected as geographical indications, GI, in India and as certification. Why did it put it twice? They listed it twice. And as certification trademarks in UK, USA, Australia, and Taiwan. So they use the word Darjeeling, which could mean that it's approved. But they didn't mean they didn't use the logo, which could mean that it's not. Would you like me to read briefly what is on the box? Yes. Okay. Um, and we will post a picture of this so that you can read it at your own pace. Um, mm-hmm. So it actually covers some of the things that you've already mentioned, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a few places on earth as enchanting as Darjeeling, a small but vibrant town in Indian state of West Bengal, located in the foothills of the Himalayan mountains. The high elevation gardens slope are, and slope terrain of the region produce distinctive teas that are harvested in three growing seasons called flushes. First flush is harvested in March following the spring rains, have a fresh, lively taste. Second flush teas are harvested in June and have mellow mus- muscatel flavor. <laughs> yep. Autumn flushes are teas rich and smooth but bold in flavor. Our Darjeeling combines teas from the first and second flushes to yield a sophisticated tea with a woody aroma and slight dry, delicate taste. I have a very hard time believing that considering that is the most expensive teas. Yep. So I don't know. This was from Nick Reverett, Master Blender. Hmm. I don't know for sure. I'm not I'm not about to go fight the beast that is the Twining Tea Company, but I have my hesitations. It says Origins Darjeeling, India, in the foothills of the Himalayas. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But they would say that, wouldn't they? They would say that. I don't know where. All I see is that it's non-GMO. The box is recyclable and it's kosher. Mm -hmm. I don't see anywhere that says like, hey, this is certified Darjeeling. I would think on the tea bag that I have here, it would be right next to the kosher label on the bottom. That's what I was thinking. So no logo to be found. Hmm. We'll see. Nothing on or in the box. Nope. It's just more about the company and everything. Oh, there is a little picture on the box where it says the Darjeeling. Uh-huh. Like the country. Like it's oh. it's showing the little map of it. Oh, that's cute. Yes, yeah, so I don't know. We'll have to look into it. Mm-hmm. I tried and um Twinings has got it unlocked if it's counterfeit. So um there are other like very specific defined requirements on the T-Board website for what a proper Darjeeling is. Mm-hmm. It is cultivated, grown, or produced in the 87 tea gardens in the defined geographic areas and which have been registered by the T-Board. It has been processed and manufactured in a factory located in the defined geographic area and when tested by, tested by expert tea tasters. <laughs> Say that five times fast when tested by expert tea tasters, is determined to have the distinctive and naturally occurring organoleptic characteristics of taste, aroma, and mouth feel, typical of tea cultivated, grown, and produced in the region of Darjeeling, India. Nice. That's yep. complicated. So anyway, now is the time to try our Darjeeling question mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I've given you such questionable tea. I couldn't find it anywhere else, so... Maybe that's the problem. Mm-hmm. I think Maybe so. Maybe that's exactly why you couldn't find it. I was having a hard time finding it, and then I did the research, and I was like, oh. 
this explains so much. <laughs> um, so before we tried the Darjeeling, I have not added anything to this yet, but I brought sugar with me to add to it. I have also not added anything. I have plain and I have vanilla right next to me. It is a very pretty amber color, though. Uh, mine is very dark mm. because it's in a black mug and I didn't put it in anything that I could see what <laughs> color it was. That's fair. Wait, okay. hold on. I'm going... Uh, I'm going to make a mess if I try to do that. No, no, okay. no it's fine. It's tea. Okay. It's tea. Yeah. Dink, dink. Mm. I forgot how much I love Darjeeling. Hmm. Interesting. It's got a really good complex flavor. I'm going to add sugar to mine first. Mm. I think I steeped mine just a little too long. I like mine a little better. I don't. It's good flavors. Yeah, it said three minutes, and I definitely had it in there for about ten. Ah, I did it for about like five or six. Bloop. Maybe. I added a little bit of vanilla, just for funsies. Funsies. Two tablespoons of sugar. I can definitely get a distinct flavor from regular black tea. Which is the point, so... What do you mean? We'll get to that. I'm mixing my tea by blowing on it. Because mm -hmm. the, the powder is having a hard time dissolving. Ah, this makes me want to go make my decaf Earl Grey so I can just drink it. Mmm... I don't want to. It's still two, just as good. It's two o'clock. I don't want to overdo it. That's fair. It's good though. I approve. It's not like, it's not spectacular, but it's not bad. Uh huh. I like it. I genuinely enjoy it. Yeah. I can see the appeal. I'm just so used to like all of the different flavor things that we make, like the chai that has a really strong flavor mm -hmm. and the London fog that has a really strong flavor that now I'm just kind of like, yeah, it's just tea. Yeah. Yep. It's good tea though. Yeah. This. This to me is tea. And anytime we try something that's really robust and strange, I'm like, this isn't tea. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of history involved with this, though. Okay. So most of my history comes from happyearthtea.com. Happy Earth Tea. And was confirmed by, what was the other website? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> Sounds like happy birthday. Yeah. It does. Happy Earth Tea. Happy birth, happy earth tea. Um, and I confirmed it with several other sites that this is at least what everybody has agreed upon on the internet. So the region of Darjeeling, even though it's so small, is somewhat of like a frontier land between Nepal, Sikkim, and Bhutan. Okay. Which are the other three regions around it. For a long time, the area was mostly inhabited by Tibeto Tibeto-Burmese tribes that would slash and burn the tropical landscape and settle, and then they kind of like lived in harmony with the wildlife. Mm -hmm. Then, cue England moving in. <laughs> England showed up in India in the 1750s, but they didn't get to Darjeeling till the 1820s. So like, they were in India, but they took their time getting all the way up to that corner of India. Yeah. And initially, they came in as arbiters or middlemen between these other three regions that had just kept arguing about Darjeeling. And, of course, that kind of meant that they went, oh, well, we'll just we'll take care of it. And so they just occupied it themselves. Of course. Mm -hmm. As you know. So up until this point, England was very dependent on trade with China for their tea leaves because it is the Chinese variety of Camellia sinensis. That's the foundation for most European teas. Right. 
But this is Victorian England we're talking about here. And who are they without their teas? So the solution, find a way to grow it yourself. Right. Oh, sorry. What I did was, so the solution, find a way to grow it yourself in quotation marks. Specifically. Italian. <laughs> Italian. Um, and I specifically put quotation marks here because obviously barging in, taking a region, stealing seeds, and then having all of the people that lived in that region grow the seeds for you isn't really growing it yourself. That's fair. That's a, that's a little rude. <laughs> so they're going to, quote, grow themselves. Anyway. So, Camellia sinensis got to the, to the Darjeeling region when Robert Fortune, who was a Scottish botanist, went into China, blended in as much as he could, and then just <laughs> took a bunch of seeds and left in the early 1800s and took it back over to India. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's classic. I think we Lovely. mentioned that before in the Chai episode, but his name's Robert Fortune. <laughs> So then after that, Darjeeling became a hot spot for tea experimentation because the geography was so unique. Uh-huh. The superintendent of the area, Dr. Campbell, notably not given a first name, by the way. I couldn't find a first name. Okay. So it's just Dr. Campbell. Sure. Was put in charge of this tea growing project. So he started working on teas in Darjeeling in 1841. By 1847, so six years later, he got his first official successful tea garden. And then by 1866, 19 years later, they had 39 plantations and were producing 133,000 pounds of tea. Wow. Which, by the way, is more than 10 times the amount that I mentioned earlier is currently grown. Right. So, like, they were pumping it out. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Is this, like, some year-round stuff or just mass-scale stuff? Probably both. Okay. Um, miscellaneous fun fact, Nepal was closed to all outsiders until 1950, so a lot of early expeditions into the Himalayas, and especially Everest, were, went through Darjeeling. Huh. Yep. Um, the British left India in 1947, so this was like almost a century after the first official successful tea garden, mm -hmm. and then they just kind of like went, you take care of it. And gave it to entrepreneurs in India. So, then chaos ensued a little bit. In the 1960s, West Bengal, and with them, communism, worked their way in during some political upheaval and stuck around for a good while in the Darjeeling region. Okay. A lot of tea gardens shut down during this time because the owners couldn't get along with trade unions. And not just like, oh, they couldn't get along. It was the owners cut a lot of wages and increased hours, and the unions were openly violent about it. Like, it wasn't just strikes. They were like, we're going to pick a fight. And the oh owners gosh. of tea gardens were like, we're going to make you work harder for no money. So This is like the opposite of what I imagine anyone in the tea industry acting like. <laughs> they, needed, they needed a calming cup of tea. I, I guess so. Maybe they shouldn't have chosen something so caffeinated. Well, they probably weren't allowed to drink it. That's a good point. Um, so then, in the 1980s, there was a big push for Darjeeling independence from West Bengal, which led to all-out battles and violence in the small region, which was the first time in like written history, from what I can tell, that there was like basically a war in this 200-square-mile region. It's <laughs> not a lot of room for war. Uh-uh. Um, so after that, the USSR broke up 
And unfortunately, you know, that, that, that had some good effects on the world. But the USSR was one of the biggest buyers of Darjeeling. Mm-hmm. So that also put a damper on things in the region. Whoops. Then came the copycats. And the liars who would mix, what they did was they would take some Darjeeling tea and then they would mix it with cheaper tea. Or they would just outright sell something else and call it Darjeeling. This sounds a lot like Bohia. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. At least Bohia is just like, Bohia is known to be the scraps. Yeah. This is like pretending it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I had a quote from happyearthtea.com. After a prolonged and sustained effort by the Tea Board of India, Darjeeling in, in 2005 finally won protection under the WTO as the Geographical Indicator, which is the World Trade Organization. Um, it means only tea that is grown in Darjeeling can be called Darjeeling. So that would support Twining's being accurate. Mm-hmm. I just don't know for sure. Okay. I'm going to leave that one up to a shrug. Now things are relatively settled. There are 87 gardens running with over 52,000 workers who are protected under the Plantations Labor Act of 1951. But they still have some ongoing issues with uh, pay versus hours, that kind of thing. But the foundation is established. Okay. So compared to that tumultuous little century or so, we're relatively settled. Um, and of course, what is an episode without some health benefits? <laughs> How could it be? A cream and sugar episode yeah. without health benefits. So I'm going to keep this one relatively short because most of the health benefits are going to be the same as all of the other Camellia sinensis teas we've tried. Okay. So the one, the only, WebMD. Of course. WebMD says Darjeeling specifically has polyphenols, which can help flight inflammation. Flight? Flight. They can help fight inflammation. My brain is anticipating the next word, and so I'm just, like, inserting it to the current word. Me. (laughs) (laughs) They also have flavonoids or phytonutrient-rich plant pigments that can boost heart health. It helps lower blood sugar levels and can help relieve diabetes struggles. Like, not diabetes itself, but the symptoms of it. That's cool. (laughs) In all caps, cancer fighter alert, as always. (laughs) For all the catechins and the antioxidants and everything else that we've discussed previously for uh, Camellia sinensis and black tea. So mm-hmm. if this is your first time with our podcast and you would like to learn more about it, please go see our Earl Grey episode. Our, I think it was in the T101 episode. Mm-hmm. There's also the Chai episode where we talk about it um, and several others. It's your scavenger hunt for the day. Just be sure to drink it at a modest temperature because that will increase your cancer likelihood. Correct. Please don't give yourself <laughs> esophageal cancer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, health line. <laughs> Whereas I put, and as always, our line of health, health line. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. They uh, confirmed what WebMD said, you know, based on a couple of scientific experiments have provided evidence for, not that it is absolutely 100% correct. They also added that... Um, Darjeeling includes tannins, which could help protect brain and nerve health. Okay. And the smell of Darjeeling is calming enough to be noteworthy, according to Healthline. What is that? What? Like, they listed that it is calming 
as a health benefit just by the smell. It does smell nice. Yeah, apparently it's it's really intense calming. Maybe we should make a candle that's Darjeeling. We should. Let's do it. Okay. How do you make a candle? Uh, beeswax. Hey. Okay, we could do that. Okay. Um, they do say that there are some downsides though. Okay. Uh, too many tannins can cause nausea and constipation. Whoops. It's caffeinated, so you know that can affect anxiety and all sorts of things and heart health. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they specifically mention. Darjeeling uh-huh. can stain your teeth. Well, most things with tannins do that. Yep. So, now you know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's about the gist of what I have for Darjeeling. That makes me confused, happy, <laughs> a little pretentious, mm-hmm. and overall content. I'm glad to provide <laughs> you all of those emotions. <laughs> This is my godfather's favorite tea. Mm. So I'm going to have to ask him to listen to this episode specifically. Uh, shout out to you, Paran. Um, I Hi, hope nice you... to meet you. <laughs> I hope you don't hate us or this tea. <laughs> yep. Or if you know about where to get actual Darjeeling tea, let us know. Because I had a very hard time finding it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So question number one. What's your go-to activity in your free time? Is it painting, (laughs) playing poker, reading a book, which is my goal for the year, or embroidery, which is your goal for the year? (laughs) Okay, so I'm definitely picking embroidery. Would Mm -hmm. you like me to pick a book for you? Yes, please. Okay. (laughs) Um, What is your dream job? Would you like to be a Viscount, an artist or art teacher, a mother and lady of the house, or an author? I don't really want to be any of these, so I'm going to go with artist. Okay. What would you like to be? I will probably do mother and lady of the house. That's nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 I'm going to read these in a different order. What's your favorite food? Is it tea and sandwiches, lemonade and biscuits, whiskey, or defeating the patriarchy? What? <laughs> These are not foods. This is just going very, very specific. Um, Tea and sandwiches because I just had a sandwich and tea. I'm going to choose the same. <laughs> this is so weird. <laughs> um, What is your favorite thing to read? Everything. Read? Nah. A good romance or a newspaper? So I am the pickiest reader you've ever met. <laughs> I I have to be immediately captivated mm-hmm. or it's a no-go. Okay. I'm going to go with read. Nah. Okay. I am going to go with everything because I like a wide variety. That's going to be the best descriptor. Mm-hmm. And finally, what's your go-to color? Light blue. Turquoise. Purple or sage green? <laughs> I will be picking purple. <laughs> I will be picking sage green. Wow, what a surprise. Whoa. Okay. That's awesome. Okay. Oh, you know what? We didn't actually read out what this quiz is. Aside oh my from God, Bridgerton. No, I didn't. It is tell us a little about yourself to reveal which Bridgerton sibling is your personality twin. So, All right. 
You're an artist who wants to make a name for themselves. You have big dreams and a creative spirit. You're sensitive and lovable. You are Benedict. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. I just sleep around a little less. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Um, You want to be independent and do things you enjoy, like reading a book at home or going on walks with your best friend. You're extremely smart and witty. You are a true feminist. Eloise. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I think that fits. Yeah, I think so, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, that's what oh, I had oh. for Darjeeling. What do, you, what do you think is next? This episode is coming out on May 8th, which oh. might be Mother's Day. It's the day before May 9th. Oh, my God. This is our one-year anniversary episode. <laughs> whoops oh my god we didn't do anything crazy for the one year happy anniversary (laughs) i had forgot that may comes next we just got into april so i'm just not there yet oh this is coming out on mother's day we should probably say something happy mother's day (laughs) (laughs) yeah good job We've been uh, we've been a little busy, so planning ahead has not been in either of our uh-huh. courts right now. Um, so the next episode is going to be a special episode yeah. for International Tea Day. Mm-hmm. We'll tell you the details next time. It's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we might rope Mike into it. We'll see. Uh huh. Uh huh. Cool. Well. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, so, so much for listening to, uh, apparently, our one-year anniversary episode. <laughs> Surprise! Uh, yep. Yay! And we are the champagne of coffee and tea podcasts. Honestly, I mean, uh, any other is just sparkling podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a blend of cheaper podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry to every other podcast. I don't mean it. I love you. Yeah. Yeah, we don't actually mean it. Please support uh, local podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> or non-local podcasts, really. Yeah, Just support podcasts. Support podcasts. Support yep. other people's voices. Yes. I'm sure they strayed them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I usually do. They speak hard so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> and happy Mother's Day um, to all of those who are mothers, who want to be mothers, who were not able to be mothers we understand uh, that you sacrificed a lot for mm-hmm. potentially me. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, as always, all of our resources are going to be in the episode notes. That includes the research sources, the quizzes, and the recipe, <laughs> which is really just going to be a link to the Twining Darjeeling Tea page if you'd like yeah. to look at their tea. You can find the podcast at webrewgood.podbean.com or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Facebook. Uh-huh. And also, um, please leave us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can find our podcast on, on webrewgood.com. Uh, or leave us a comment uh, for the places that you can like Google Podcasts, or no, like Apple Podcasts. Um, we are getting so close to being able to leave comments on Spotify. So please, please rate and share with your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you can also find us on social media, of course, on the Book of Faces, but also on the gram that is instant and on the clock app, <laughs> which if you would like clarification, that is Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at we Brew Good on all of those. Or you can send us an email directly at webrewgood at gmail.com. <laughs> To clarify, the clock app is not where you set your alarm. No, no, no. The TikTok app. (laughs) The app that makes the clock sound. Yeah. You know what doesn't make clock sounds? What? Guinea pigs. You're right. They don't. They kind of go. If your guinea pig is making a clock sound, please visit your local vet for further information. If your guinea pig is making a TikTok sound, um, make sure that it doesn't have any background noise. Um, so that people can use it as an alarm because I know a lot of people like to do that with TikTok sounds. Oh, I didn't think about that. Also, contact uh, Captain Hook because your <laughs> guinea pig just became the new crocodile. I had that same thought. <laughs> <laughs> also, contact uh, Severus Nate because he has been wondering what that mysterious ticking noise is and he's going to be so relieved when you tell him it's your guinea pig. <laughs> Um, oh, and also, stay, stay brutiful. brutiful. <laughs>